You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. One thing that's been hammered home to me throughout this coronavirus experience is the delusional nature of people. And I never viewed myself as a pessimistic person. I view, I, you know, I truly believe that I'm an optimist. I think um, that I believe in love still. Uh, I still try to believe in God. I'm 50-50 on that, given the day or the moment. I pray regularly. I try to maintain faith. The problem with faith in God and that kind of optimism is that is is people, you know, it's the fact that I just saw the polls today, and even though Biden's leading by five to six points in every key battleground state, the numbers for Trump are still like 44, 45, 43. I just can't believe that in any state in this country, anything approaching 40%, okay, I understand he has his core of like 38 but to get it to 40, to get it over 40, to get it to 44, 45% of the people being polled in, in any state would still support this man is, it's, it's, it's very disheartening. If you want to talk about lack of faith in God, it would be that. Because how do you have faith in mankind when they could watch someone who's clearly an awful, awful garbage human being? Just terrible morals, just all about himself, all about lying, all about pushing whatever advances him against the facts, against the truth, against life, uh, forcing people to die because it's would help his political overriding theme. And it's not. He's falling apart. It's, it, it blew up in his, fa- in his face. I mean, this strategy isn't working, but the point is it's so disgusting that he took it, and it's even more disgusting and disheartening that – that his supporters and people who, who are still have this anti-government bent uh, want an outsider at all costs, even at the cost of morality and ethics and crimes. Uh, this this Russia thing with you know, so 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 to me, how do you believe in God? How do you have faith in sort of this magical, loving, higher power and meaning to life? When you see the human animal behave so animalistically, when you see so many members, look, in my opinion, still, the best people in this world reside in the United States of America. Uh, I believe that because I believe that the best aspects of human beings come in their freedom and their liberty and their expression. I believe that what makes human beings special is our gifts, our talents, our artistic, creative passions, our drives, our intellects, all of those things. And you can't really reach your highest potential in any of them without absolute freedom and liberty to be who you are. And there remains to this day no country, even with Trump in charge, even with the changes he tries to make, there there remains no country on this planet where people are free to be themselves more than the United States. So I believe that the best people on the planet reside in the United States. That's why they come here. That's why we still get so many immigrants, because they want to be themselves. They want to truly be free. And you really are here, or at least you're as free as you're going to be anywhere in the world. 
So when I see a poll of United States citizens, the best people in the world, and 44% of them are still supporting someone who should be arrested, should be taken out of office, should be imprisoned. And, and even if none of that is true, he should be shamed. He should be disgraced. You know, if you look back into the annals of American history and the way we used to shame people that openly did wrong, uh, and you look at today, it's hard not to, to believe that if there is a God, he's abandoned America. So I view myself as an optimist, but and I try to have faith, and I try to believe in love and the power of love, and I try to believe that still more, look, more than 50% of the people are not supporting Trump. So only about 50% are supporting Biden, which is the only reasonable um, position to take in this country right now. They should all be supporting Biden because he's the only one who can win. He's the only one that can get Trump out. And everybody in this country should have a soul and be a good person or try to be. And so everyone in this country should vote for Biden because he's the only one that can take Trump out. So voting for anyone else or just abstaining is repugnant at this, at this point. It's a moral imperative to vote for Biden. It's that simple. It doesn't matter what your party is. It's a moral imperative that you vote for, for Biden because of the repulsiveness that is Trump. And yet only 50% of the people in most of these polls in these key states are supporting Biden. But 44 are supporting Trump. It's disgusting. It's disheartening. Those numbers are disheartening. But you could say, look. At least at least 50% and more aren't supporting Trump. More than 50% aren't supporting Trump. And that's good, right? So I still like to believe that the majority of people in this country are decent people. The majority of the people in this country um, do no right from wrong still. The majority of the people in this country, the best country in the world, do believe in the right things that is goodness and fairness and equality and truth and the law and the rule of law and and compassion and empathy and forgiveness and and love more than half the people in this country do believe in those things and that's important and i like to believe that and i like to think that way and that and i try every day to be positive and to look on the bright side and and like for example I understand that this virus is not going to last forever. But I also know that it's serious. And I don't think making sacrifices for the time being in order to survive this period uh, is asking a lot of us. I think it's, it's asking the minimal amount. And I understand everybody wants to make money all the time and everybody wants to have a lot of things all the time. <coughs> Excuse me. And certainly everybody doesn't want to lose their business or go under. But so I understand the restaurants and so forth and bars being, having some self-interest in wanting to stay open. But I also think that 
all of us are faced with dire consequences to our livelihoods, to our families, to ourselves eventually, because we all die. We are all faced with the realities of situations and we just have to accept them often. There is, it's not being or lacking optimism or hope or being jaded to acknowledge the reality of negative things as, you know, as something that sometimes we can't conquer. Sometimes, for example, we die. All of us eventually reach a point where we can't conquer death. We can't fight it. We can't have that battle against cancer. No, we just die from cancer. Or we have a stroke and you might stay alive after stroke, but you talk like this and you walk with a limp and you're fucked and it's not okay and you can't fight against it. You're screwed up for the rest of your life and so on and so forth. And I think that, you know, restaurants and bars in the, in the, in the current state of situation need to just accept that this is one of those situations. Their business just had a stroke because of this pandemic. And instead of fighting against it, they need to just change their life plan, change their business strategy, get a different business. They need to make changes, do what they have to do. But the idea that they fight to stay open and deny the reality of the pandemic or somehow think that their patrons are better, they can come in still and social distance and wear masks and drink there. No, they can't. Nobody can. And nobody should want to. That's the bottom line. No one should want to go to a bar right now. I, I, I just think it's not asking too much of people. It's not, it's not overtaxing them t- to say, look, this is the situation. We have a deadly pandemic. You can debate how deadly you think it is, but it's deadly. And it's very contagious. And nobody wants this thing. And you have to make changes to your life, to your business, etc., to your family structure, everything your daily patterns, everything. And I don't think that's asking a lot of people when they just to accept the reality, the negative reality of the current situation and to work within those parameters. And you're not being negative to do so. But what I see is a bunch of delusional people. You know, what's ironic is the same delusional people who are trying to deny the numbers or the reality of the pandemic in a myriad of ways, which I'll go into briefly here in a minute, um, those same people are also on the other side of their face saying things will never be the same again. We'll never be, but we may never have sports again. We may never shop the same way again. It's ridiculous. It's so strange. The same people who are delusional and who are fighting against the reality of the situation and just accepting the negativity of this situation and, and surrendering to it for the remainder of 2020 and maybe beyond for a while, those same people then are saying then it's over forever. Like it's all or nothing with them. They have to be delusional and deny it. Or if they give in, they think it's like over. No, no. No, this is, this is what I don't understand about human beings, and it's why it's hard to believe in God. Because what is it about the human nature in so many people that they have to fight against reality because it happens to be a negative reality, that they have to deny it, lie about it, distort it, manipulate it, 
to some way that it isn't quite as negative as it actually motherfucking really is. It is that negative. Too bad. Deal with it. It's not the end of the world until it is, <laughs> until we die. But, I mean, it doesn't mean when you accept the stark negative reality of a situation that you're accepting the end. It's not all or nothing. You can say, yes, we're in a pandemic. My business isn't going to survive probably, or I'm going to lose a lot of money. I have to reformulate a a way to survive here because of this. And that's reality. I'm not going to fight against it. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to try to explain away cold, hard facts just because I don't like it. That would be ignorant, rude, morally repugnant to somehow fight that my business or my campaign, my, my uh, rally should take place. Nobody should wear masks because it doesn't look good because it won't help with the mood that I'm trying to set. That's repugnant. You just have to accept reality and do the right thing in this situation. And it may mean, yeah, that you have to do things different than you'd like to. Nobody wants to wear a mask. Nobody enjoys breathing through a mask. Nobody wants to be outside on a beautiful hot summer day in a mask. You have to, you know, people like to eat in restaurants. I love to eat at restaurants. One of the few things that I still had in my world that I enjoyed doing that involved me not being home, rotting away, was going to restaurants, going to hotels. I love hotels and restaurants and being out as a single man on my own. It's an opportunity for me to watch people and to feel life around me. You know, so sacrificing the ability to be out somewhere and to have an environment where I can see people and feel their energy is a lot for me. But guess what? I haven't hesitated. I haven't hesitated. I go to my dumpster, empty my garbage. I've made a couple store runs, and that's it in the last three and a half months. And I don't, it's, I'm prepared to do it through the rest of the year. Until we get a vaccine and then some. I mean, until it feels right. I'm willing to read and study and understand the facts and accept them as they are, negative and all, and change my life accordingly, accepting the reality of it, not denying it, not being delusional. Yet, I also know that by next year, probably in this month of July of next year, everything will be back to normal. Why? Because we've had pandemics before in this world, in this country. Because we've had huge disasters like 9-11. And you always feel like it's going to change things forever. You know, I've had mice in my place. You feel like it's going to change things forever. You feel just, you know, startled, raped, violated by living creatures that do not belong there. Living mammals running around pooping in your home, living in your home. On your floor, you don't know where they're going to be in the closet, in the you know, ooh, under the bed. Who knows where they'll be? You know, it's a horrible, unsettling feeling. But then you say, you know what? You go after it, you deal with it, you take care of it. Eventually, you eradicate, eradicate it, and you're back to normal. Or you reach a new level of normal where you're living with mice. Whatever the point is, it becomes normal again. As close to normal as it's going to be, you change, you adjust, you shift, and it's okay. It's not forever. It's not some tragedy. It's not some horrible thing at all. The shock of the moment subsides. The strategies that you institute usually are successful, and you do get back to normal. And that's called anything. Rehabilitation. People break their legs. People get 
heart surgeries. They rehabilitate. They end up normal again. They're exercising and working out, running, jogging after heart attacks, even more than before because they have to exercise their heart and keep it in shape. And their legs, maybe there's a little bit of a limp or when it rains, it aches them a little bit, but they're walking and they're normal again. It heals. That's the normal process. Until we die or we lose people we love, there are some things that are permanent and forever. Divorces and deaths, etc. Certain ailments and illnesses change you forever. You might lose a tooth and once it's gone, it's gone. But for the vast majority of things in this world, it's not forever. Relax. You can deal with the hits. You can deal with the negativity. You don't have to be delusional and deny it. You can accept it and live with it. And you'll get past it. And you'll survive it. And things will be the way they were again. And they have been in this country before. We've had, before any of us were born, or or the vast majority of us were born, we had the Spanish flu. And we saw what it did on a second wave and the millions it took out. And it was a devastation in this country, but we survived it. And now all of us are here alive and we don't even know it. We didn't, we weren't here for that. And we're seeing this thing and saying, oh my God, nothing will be the same. Yet we just lived in the, in a, in a world where the Spanish flu never existed. We just lived perfectly open and free and breathing on each other and going wherever we wanted. We lived that way all of our lives mostly. After the Spanish flu. And our children's children will be living that way after this pandemic. And we will be living that way next year, I predict. And to the extent that some things might change a little forever, I don't know, maybe a couple principles that have been applied during this pandemic will take hold and never let go. I think they'll be for the better. For example, the next time we get a pandemic that starts to break out here, people will wear masks and they won't be as afraid to wear them and they won't think of it as such a stigma attached to it. They'll understand that it isn't just for those Asian countries that get all those diseases. No, it'll be for us too here in America. We get it too. Just like we made alterations because of 9-11. Terrorist attacks and giant bombings aren't just for those nations where they have that sort of thing. No, it can happen here in America and we have to make adjustments and be more cautious and realize that we're vulnerable too to these things. But guess what? Eventually we get back to normal and whatever changes we make, we don't even think about them. They're just accepted as part of the norm, sort of like metal detectors at schools. (laughs) Never, never was part of the norm. The procedures that you have to take in schools now are incredibly over the top because of all the shootings. And that's just a way of life now. And this is what this is what happens in our culture. We survive, we move forward. Some things might change, but but before you know it, it feels just as normal as it ever was. And in a lot of cases it is. It's because it is precisely the same as it ever was. So you don't have to give up on your freedoms or your hope or the future. Just to accept the reality of the now. And in that vein, I don't understand the delusional nature of people with respect to this virus in refusing to accept the numbers. For example, we're getting outbreaks now. And people always want to talk about only the states that have the big outbreaks. And they're always the big states. When New York was getting the big outbreaks in New Jersey even, they were talking about them and not talking about Philadelphia, not talking about Pennsylvania. Even though the Philadelphia area was every bit as bad and was joining in in, in a league with that the tri-state area out east to, to 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 create a strategy to fight the virus. Nobody was really talking about Philadelphia. Nobody ever really talks about Philadelphia. 
even though it's a gigantic city and it's really close to New York. Everybody talks about New York. When something happens to that area, it's all about New York. And they'll even throw in New Jersey. New Jersey, New York. It's just that vibe, you know, that Eastern Center vibe. Just like nobody talks about Maine, they just talk about Boston. Just like nobody talks about Connecticut. It's just certain areas get all the pub. And right now, we're having these outbreaks. And guess what? Allegheny County, where I live in the Pittsburgh area, is getting bad. But nobody really... Pennsylvania is the fifth most daily cases right now. But they're talking about Florida and Texas and Arizona. Which are like one, two, and three. (laughs) But the point is... Pennsylvania's up there too, and it's really my area that's helping that happen. But nobody's talking about it because we're just not those big states that everybody talks about. But the point is everybody's saying, yes, but it's young people and it's the bars, and this has become the new buzz phrase. Young people, people going out to bars, selfish people spreading it. So you're not seeing as many hospitalizations. You're not seeing as many deaths. Well, I've gone to the experts and read and heard them. And here's what they say about that. You don't have to take it from me, but this was also my sense. You're wrong, the hospitalizations are going up. Don't lie to yourself, there will be deaths, you're wrong. It's not just young people. That might've been the instigation for it, but guess what? We opened up again and virus was still there. We opened up and people got lazy all across the board. Not just young people, not just going to bars. All of us went out without masks and acted like the virus was gone when it wasn't. Just because we went green or were told we could go back out into society and the lockdown ended, guess what? The virus hadn't ended. It hadn't ended. It was still out there. It was still being spread even in lockdown. The numbers went down and we reached a level of spread where the powers that be said, well, that's good enough to reopen with social distancing and mask wearing, but the people went out into the world and they didn't social distance and they didn't wear masks and not just in the bars and not just at the beaches. It's not just the young people. Everybody went out in the States when they opened with virus still out there and they lived like it was back to normal and it wasn't back to normal. So the virus is spreading again. Big surprise, big surprise. If it can spread during lockdown, it's going to spread with people going out without masks on and not social distancing. So you're going to get increased cases of sickness. You're going to get increased hospitalizations and the deaths are going to go back up. And that's what the experts are saying. They're saying that, you know, right now we're not seeing the deaths, but that's because two things. Number one, it's a partially the fact that a lot of the younger people are the cases we're seeing now and they are. Uh, more able to fight off the illness. But those same experts remind everybody that young people have died from it. Perfectly healthy young people have died from it. Perfectly healthy young people will continue to get it and die from it. They remind people of this fact. And they also say, we're in about a two-week law here. You wait to see that the deaths will come. The deaths will come. So it's a combination. Why aren't we seeing all the deaths that we were seeing before? Well, it's a combination of the fact that it's younger people, so fewer of these people right now that are getting the cases are going to die, but also they're going to spread it to other people. And overall, even with the younger people involved, the deaths are coming. Just wait. Give it a couple more weeks. We're always a couple weeks behind. But nobody wants to accept this. 
everybody and their mother, even as we see these cases go up astronomically now, throughout the country, that's the other thing. Instead, they talk about, oh, Texas and Florida, yeah, you don't want to be there. Oh, the Vegas area, oh, yeah, you know, Arizona. No, how about Pittsburgh? How about Pittsburgh? Look, we've had the most daily cases in the country ever the last two days. That's the whole country. Do you get it? Daily cases, positive cases, highest ever, ever. That's since February, March, April, May. All the New York stuff that they rammed down our throats because it's big old New York and we all have to care about New York and New York is the United States and blah, blah, blah. Guess what? As a country, which by the way, we're still a country. We aren't New York. We aren't California. We aren't Trumpers. (laughs) We're a country. We're one whole country. And as one whole entity, guess what? We have the most daily cases as a country ever. Now, now, every day now, now. Not in March, not in April, not in May, now. Yet people think, oh, you know what? It's not as bad now. People aren't dying now. It's better. It's going to be all right. People just wear their masks finally. It will be okay. No, no. Toothpaste is out of the tube. Cat's out of the bag. Sorry, you had your chance. We were in lockdown. We went out when the virus was still there and we fucked up. And now it's running rampant. Now, it's possible people can change their habits now and behave better. And not just the bars. All of us can start to wear masks and social distance and behave better. Stay home more. Stay home. If you can stay home, stay home more. People are still going out all the time. They're still refusing to stop going out and doing things they don't even need to do. Even as the virus is at the highest daily count ever in the history of this damn thing right now. The most cases a day are happening right now. This is the most, this is the worst the virus has ever been right now. And people are saying, but the deaths aren't as bad as they were. It's not as bad. It's warm out. It's pretty. It's nice out. It's not as bad. It's worse. You're wrong. It's worse now than it's ever been. If ever you were going to stay down, lock your doors, wash your hands all the time, cover up and be afraid, it's now, right now, everywhere in this country, everywhere in this country, right now. Even in New York, they have zero reason to be cocky or confident that they, they've been through the worst. That's not true. They don't know that. They don't know that. Nobody knows that. And we here in Pittsburgh did so good so great for so long. And look, it's blowing up now. Why? Because we just said, ah, oh, we, we, it's gone. The storm passed us by. It's over. Let's go back to normal. Eh, sorry, <laughs> it's not normal yet. And guess what? My point is this. Accepting the fact that we're in the, in the midst of a pandemic and it's at its, right now, it's at its worst state countrywide as it's ever been right now. This is the worst the virus has ever been. Accepting that reality isn't the end of the world. Accepting the reality that the deaths numbers are just at a law right now because this is a, a, a basically a second wave of the first wave. This isn't a second wave. This is the first wave on another run here. And it's kicking up at a higher rate than ever before throughout the entirety of this country. And so with it, the deaths are going to be just as bad as they were. And if most of the people that got it before were older or whatever, and so most of these are going to be young, okay, percentage-wise, there'll be less deaths. But here's a good estimate. I saw an excellent doctor today talk in terms of he believes that we're having about 
Yesterday, we tested about 50,000 people in this country, new cases. He believes that given the testing results, the highs, the high positives on the test is still too much. That is, the number of tests per how many are testing positive is still too high. We want to get that number down. We still want to test more than we're testing so that we're not only testing the people that are sick all the time. We want to be containing this, which means tracing, which means going to the people that the people that are sick were around and testing them. And guess what? They're okay because people have been good. So we want more negative test results and we want more tests in general to get that. So he's estimating right now, given the positive results and the number of tests, that of the that although we showed 50,000 cases yesterday, positive cases, he's estimating there's about 500,000 actual infections that happened yesterday, 500,000, 50 of which were tested, but another 450 of which were not. So of that 500,000, he's estimating that anywhere from 20 to 40% of them are asymptomatic. Well, I've heard lunatics, especially sports supporters say it's upwards of 50%, 50 to 80%. No, Okay, this this guy knows his shit and he's saying it's a maximum of 40% and it's as low as 20%. This is estimates based on what's happened so far in the world. You have to remember, this is a world pandemic, pandemic, not just the United States. So they have a lot of data to work with now. And so of the 500,000, you know, maybe 200,000 are asymptomatic. What we're seeing is the 50,000 that are testing are symptomatic. In other words, as I suspected, we're testing sick people. Trump and all his people are wrong. These aren't just positive tests and people that are all fine and asymptomatic and mild. Their cases are maybe mild because they're younger, but they're sick. That's why they're getting tested. We're not testing a lot of healthy people right now. We're not testing people with no symptoms right now. So he's saying of the 500,000, there's probably a couple hundred thousand that have no symptoms, so they're not tested, so we're not knowing about them. They're out there every day, a couple hundred thousand people every day getting this virus, but they're not getting tested, and we don't know about them, sort of like the silent, untested. Then there's the 300,000 who are sick, and of that, we're only capturing about 50,000 of the 300,000 who are actually sick with the tests. That's rough, a rough explanation of the numbers he gave. You see? So think about it that way. Think about the fact that even though the most positive test ever Yet, to date, yesterday, 50,000. There's another 250,000 approximately people out there who are sick, not asymptomatic, showing sickness from this virus that we don't know about, that we haven't even tested yet. And yet people are saying, everyone's going to be fine. The hospitalizations are down. The deaths are down. People wear their masks now. If they just do that, we'll all be fine. We can play sports. We can go on. We can have restaurants. So come on, come eat at my restaurant. Let's go on our trips. Let's go on vacation. Let's go get our haircut. Let's go to this appointment, that appointment that we don't really need. Let's do it anyway. They're doing the protocol. We'll be fine. Just wear a mask. Everything will be okay. Why? Why are people still insisting on being delusional? You know, it's not going to be okay. We aren't okay. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and it's a worse state that it's ever been right now. It may be better in New York than it was before, but how about everywhere else in this country that kind of counts too? How about California? It's as bad in California as it's ever been right now. And it's as bad in Pittsburgh as it's ever been. It's worse than it's ever been right now. And that's where I live. And what's wrong with just accepting that reality? 
What's wrong with accepting the reality that we are going to get a lot of hospitalizations? We already are. We had seven and five just the last two days. They're going up and they're going to continue to go up. And so are the deaths. They're going to be a bunch of deaths now because we have more virus. More virus means more dead people. We've learned that about this virus. It's not stopping. It's not going to be okay. I was hopeful maybe at first when this started that this was a weaker version or less deaths. But I saw the doctor today, and the only reason we're seeing less deaths is right. it started this burst in these other areas with younger people. But also, give it time. That's the reason. Give it time. Give it a couple of weeks. This is a new burst of this thing, okay? It takes time for people to die. It takes time for people to come forward and be sick enough to die. It takes time for the younger people who get it first to spread it to people who die. It takes time for young people to die of it. Perfectly healthy, fine young people who die of this, and they do, will get it and die from it, okay? And it takes them some time. Give them some time to die. They'll die. Don't worry about it. It's coming. What's wrong with accepting that reality? Nothing. It doesn't mean the world's coming to an end. It doesn't mean we're not still going to find a vaccine. It doesn't mean the virus won't go away. Eventually, Trump will be right. He'll be out of office, hopefully. But every time he keeps saying, like he said just yesterday still, it's going to go away. It's going to disappear. He keeps saying that. What a lunatic. But eventually, he'll be right. Sometime next year, maybe the year after that. He's going to be right. It is going to go away. Or at least be so controlled and so rare in its occurrence that we won't be thinking about it. Even as people continue to get it, maybe for the rest of time. Do people still get polio? I don't know. I don't know if it's still out there, but we still get vaccinated for it. So let's not worry about it like it's not going to end and then everything that we know is going to end forever. But let's worry enough about it to know that it's got to end now. As far as right now, what we know has to end. Okay, and, and let's stop being delusional. And when we see the numbers blow up, let's just accept it as a blow up. Why question it? Why challenge it? Why try to talk it away? Why try to rationalize? Oh, well, hopefully it'll just cap off at 100 a day or however many cases a day in your area. Hopefully that'll be the end of it. Why? Just stay home. Just assume it's going to blow up. Assume the deaths are going to... Why? Why even think beyond, uh-oh, here we go, and just do the right thing. Stay home. And if you go out, wear your mask and stay away from people. That's it. And don't do stupid things outside your home that you don't need to do. Don't do them. Don't go out among people if you don't have to. Why? Why would you? Because you want to die? You want to get sick? Just be safe. Be smart. Accept the reality of the situation and let it alter your life for the time being in a way that you don't like. That's what you have to do. Accept the reality of the numbers, the facts, the science, the reality of the situation and let it alter your life for a number of months in a way that you don't prefer. Hey, this is what we do. This is how you live. And eventually it will be gone and you can go back on with your normal life. You know, but if you don't want to get sick and you don't want to die, you're going to have to make some changes. And some businesses are going to have to go out of business. I'm sorry. And some people are going to have to lose their jobs. I'm sorry. This shit happens. Bad things happen to us in our lives. This is a bad thing happening. Hey, at least take solace that this is a bad thing happening to all of us. So all of us in one way or another are experiencing negative changes to our existences that we don't prefer. Some of us worse than others. Some of us are dying. Some of us know people and loved people who are dead from this virus. 
the number of people who know someone who have the virus, who got seriously ill from it or who died from it is going to keep going up. Yet the people that don't know anyone who died from the virus talk about it like it's not deadly. The people that weren't related to anyone who they lost from this virus act like it only hurts the really old or the sick people. And everyone else is fine. It's just like a flu. It's just a cold. Why? Why are you spreading that nonsense? Why are you even thinking that way? I expect more from you. You should be bright. You should be intelligent. You should be able to accept the reality, the negative reality of this virus, change your life accordingly for the time being, and yet not be panicking and flipping out or running around like Chicken Little saying the sky is falling. The sky is not falling. This is just a major serious change affecting us all globally, including in the United States, including in my area in Pittsburgh now. Accept it. Deal with it. Make changes. And maintain hope for the future because there's still hope. But don't be delusional in the present. Don't deny reality in the now. Do the right thing, which is limit yourself now. Deny yourself now. Be safe now. Be smart now. Live now. Be healthy. Do the right thing. I love you. Yabba da boop